Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Unmuzzled Conversations. We are sharing our nostalgic, humorous views from 1940s to present, covering subjects of the time. So join us as we go back in time, remembering Glasgow and Glaswegians of bygone years. So today is episode eight, and we're going to continue where we left off in episode seven, where we were talking about football and football relative to Glasgow. So we wanted to kind of pick up um, and Stuart was wanting to kind of remind us about the how the licensing laws were changed in 1976 mm -hmm. uh, regarding the international match that took place in Glasgow. Well, it's a very, very positive story. I mean, that's, so many stories about football are literally disasters. You know, people, negligence, you know, causing fires and people panicking and attacking other people. But this is a smashing story. Uh, the the licensing laws in Scotland were chasing it. I might, I might not be bang on here, but this is as I remember it, and I'm not looking up Google it in just to confirm it. But as I recall, 1976, Santé Chen were playing Bayern Munich in the European Cup final at Hamden. These are two giant clubs with huge followings. And so they could, they could, both teams could have filled Hamden on their own and probably neither enough did, you know. So, so there would be lots and thousands and thousands of foreign visitors in the city and the, the immediate area. So then, and a bold step, the, the, it wasn't the Scottish government, it was the, the UK government did it. They decided to give it a two week trial period to extend the licensing laws in the pubs and they, they extended them from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock just to see how it would go because they'd been under pressure to do that, but this was a great excuse to do it. And they did do it, and it was a huge, huge success. Uh, you know, I remember enjoying it. I was never a great drinker, but I remember enjoying uh, the, the fact that there wasn't a mad rush at quarter to ten that Christine will explain to us later from an insider's point of view. So the, the, the things calmed down, and at the end of the day, my argument always was drinkers, serious drinkers have only got so much money. And, and that's the amount of money they've got. And if they had more money, they would drink more. So they've only got so much money. And if you extend the hours, they would still be spending the same amount of money, but over a longer time. And so at the end of the day, it was a much calmer, uh, more almost European atmosphere at the end of the night. There wasn't the, the craziness of the buying triple rounds at quarter to 10. So that was a huge success. And then the, the, the government changed it permanently. To eleven o'clock, and it was a couple of years before England followed on with that. Mm -hmm. I think they, they quite rightly they used it as a testing point, uh -huh. uh, and as I say, it was it was something really good, and it only came out through football. And, and I, I was not at all convinced <clears throat> that it would work, not at all, and so glad that I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Do you have any memories of that, uh, Tommy? I was actually in uh, in England at that time, uh, so I wasn't really. As, as aware of, of it happening. Uh -huh. uh, you weren't here. Uh, I, 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 say I was down in England up, yeah. up until from about 75 to seven, early 78 mm -hmm. before before we come back up. So that was a wee sort of... So um, you, were, you, uh, were, you were reported missing yes, when yes, all this I happened? Was, uh, I was in foreign lands. <laughs> Passport required. Newcastle. <laughs> So, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, different Newcastle. language, uh, different yeah. country, uh, different country. Uh, but I was uh, telling Stuart how I, I was working in a pub. I don't know if you remember the guy that owned the Burns House bought another 
another pub across the road. And I think it, it was a building and I think he turned it into a pub. But anyway, I was working in there and I was working as a barmaid in the times when it was the 10 o'clock finish. And the urgency on people's faces as they clamoured to buy per person another five pints each. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I was saying to Stuart how there was one. I mean, you're standing and you're serving people and it's five deep. All you can see is people shouting on you, all wanting 10 whiskeys, 14 vodkas, all that kind of thing, which they think is all going to be consumed in this 10 minutes that, that's waiting. And I remember picking this wee guy here and he, and he goes, <laughs> No fucking idea what the guy's saying whatsoever. And he's getting more annoyed with me. Fancy. <laughs> All that, all that <laughs> stuff going on. I've got fucking no idea what you're fucking talking about here. You know, a bit quite confident and annoyed with me, like probably saying, your ear's not working to me. Do you know what I mean? So, so but what I was saying as well was the urgency in people's faces. It was as if your life continuing depended on getting these huge orders being put in. And as a barmaid, most of that was never drank. Most no, of that I was left no on the counter or on the tables because people just had no more room to consume anymore. You're talking about the people that do the full shift. I mean, people would go and say, I'm doing the back shift today. So they'd get in the pub for four o'clock to 11 or, uh, oh, we're, we're the early shift today because we're working later on. You know, that kind of thing. But these are the people that would do the full shift. So they would come in at 11 and go at 11. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, so it, it was good. And I think as a barmaid, I, I seem to recall that there was less of that urgency. And there was, a, as Stuart said, as more of a relaxed approach. There was still a lot of drinking going on, don't get me wrong, but it changed in how it was perceived Definitely changed. I remember as well, though, that there was never the same thing. See, at 11 o'clock, there was or the, or the quarter to 11 or the five to 11 bell thing that used to go yeah. off. There was never the same clamour. It mm -hmm. was post people had just, you know, they've wandered out by this time, you know. There was never a mad rush for a last round. A couple of people would, but nothing like what it had been an hour before. And Another another thing another thing that happened. This is another story about fucking zoomers. One of my daughters, Geraldine, used to work in a, an off sales and industry, and and a couple of nights during the week. And I, I used to I used to drive her in in her car. I would drop her off about half six or something, and I would come and collect her at ten o'clock. And so I'd be there about ten to ten. And every night I was there, this fucking zoomer would run up for the direction of the Queen Street station and run in to get his carrier. <laughs> and a couple of times he didn't make it. And he's, because <laughs> he, he was just too fucking late. And I remember Jeremy saying, the, the machine goes, he's saying, you need to say, it's only, it's only like fucking five, two, or it's only a minute past. He says, look, I can't, it's no me. Right. The machine the switches off, off for somebody else in space. <laughs> somebody in space <laughs> switches this off. I can't, I can't put it through the till. And you think, every, I must have been doing that at least a dozen times, and he never once came at 20 to 10. And where was he coming from? Do you know? What? Did you find out where he was no, coming no. from? No, no. It's just a zoomer. He was a pub. He was coming from a pub. He never, ever came at 20 to 10. It was always about 10 to or 5 to 10. Right. In fact, I'm giving him 10 to, very rarely even. You know, I thought... 
If you've got no brain, you know, how often is this going to happen to well, you? Is that, and you've been knackered. If you're running up, you're <laughs> fucking killing yourself. And you think, leave 10 no, minutes earlier. No, but that, um, obviously the, the, the brain cells were very, very depleted. <laughs> no, I think as well. Muscle memory. There's that muscle memory. You think, well, I don't know what I've got to do, but it's 22 and I really <laughs> should be going up and going, oh, I know where I have to go. No, <laughs> no. never once happened. You, know? you can imagine, it's only 10 to <laughs> No concept of time or what it really means no, when you've got a good drink on you. Aye. You've got to aye. Aye. So that's one of the things about you never learn your lesson. No. no. He you never just, did anyway. And, and, and the 12 and, or so times I was there, maybe more than that, he never once yeah. was on time. Yeah. Never once. Because I was just saying, just, I don't think there's any off licences now, is there, Tommy? I don't, I, I, I'm not. In, in Glasgow, I've, I've never seen an off licence ever. Well, not recently, anyway. No, no, a. A dedicated, a, a dedicated off license. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything uh, there are there are what you would call off licenses, but that that basically, they're, they're, but they they've also got a, like a corner shop type got, thing. They've right. basically got food items food and, as I, I, well. I think yeah, that I've yeah. seen it, Christian. I think there's one I've seen it, and it's it's a number. It's something like one. It's called one o one. Is it one o one? One o one. It's been an address at some point. It's. uh, But I just passed by it. Well enough. I just passed by it on the way here. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one that pays the road, and but it it has got you know it's got grocery items in it as well. But these were dedicated, and I was seeing how they had caged like caged barriers between. Are they? Back to the football way. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so carrying on with the football, um, you we were talking about Aberdeen being the champions in 1978. I, I don't remember them being that, but I'm sure they were. I, I just remember them being you know, serious contenders yeah. for about 12 years, up to the early 90s. And, and then and, they kind of faded away. Well, Rangers and Celtic and more than one money. And, yeah. And doct- I've to- dominated it totally since. That's Nobody's what I was going to say, yeah. Close. Yeah, so they kind of dominated the league. Rangers either were the top or Celtic were the top, but there was never really a serious contender. For how many years did that go on? Ever since, really. Ever since. I remember one year Hearts did quite well, maybe about 20 years ago. They started the season really well and they beat both Rangers and Celtic. But there was that Lithuanian guy in charge and he fired the manager. That's right, that's right. You know, Something to do well. with the, the Lithuanian bank, wasn't Aye, it? I get done, it, I get the jail. That's right, eventually. It was a, a criminal. But it, that, that was just a flurry. Unfortunately, I, mean, I would always say that as a Rangers man, the best thing that could ever happen to the Scottish League was if somebody other than Rangers and Celtic won it. Yeah. To give it credibility because it really has very little credibility. And has anybody ever won it? No. no. Not, in, Not even in recent times. No. 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 It's amazing how how uh, how football attracts these strange people from oh. the world from the world of basically crime. Remember the in Dundee and the the Italian guy Aye. as well who who got Ravenelli to play for them. What was uh, his name? Uh, uh, it was just, it's the same but, name as a, a a famous Real Madrid player, right? What well, I, I, I I'm trying to remember his name. Do you know he actually tried to def- he was actually remember he was a lawyer. Saddam he was Hussein. going Saddam Hussein. Aye, he wanted to Saddam, defend Saddam Hussein. The, no, Saddam Hussein. But you're not good. You're not good. He should have been aware of him though because he was he'd already been done almost prosecuted for the same thing mm-hmm. for a wee team in England. I'm saying a wee team like Mansfield Town or something like that. Yes. 
And he said, he said, he basically would turn up at, at supporters' meetings. This club's not doing well, and say, "Look, I've got, I've got three million." Was it pounds. Stefano? Was it Di Stefano? Di Stefano, Stefano wasn't it? Well, right. right. He would turn up and uh, at these, you know, unruly supporters' meetings and say, "Look, I've got three million pounds, and you know, we want to get rid of these guys, and I'll put three million pounds." And I'm just pulling a figure away, right. but it was millions. And he would say, "And, and I'll invest in the club, and, and we'll do this and do that." And of course, the supporters love him. Supporters don't care, you know. No, just, well, he's got money. He'll said, do. There's no morality's out the window oh, when the, when the cash is getting waved that are are supposedly cash. Aye, getting, oh, it's it's you know uh, fake cash. It's cash that doesn't exist. So in his head, you know. But but as Tommy says, in fact, I'll throw another one. It was at Plymouth or Gale, one of these teams in England, and they had three chairmans in in eighteen months. Right? Oh, now, there's supposed to be this thing where a chairman is other, you know, a, a and the board of directors are supposed to be checked out basically for their morality. Yeah. Were they a fit <clears throat> person? Yeah. Then the middle guy, they think, didn't exist. Honestly, they think it was just a fictitious person. They had three guys from Malaysia or someplace or Singapore, and they think the middle one never existed right. because he never ever came. He never spoke to anybody. It was just a name on a letterhead I think for I about remember that, six that, months that, or so. Right, never right. existed. Yeah, he was approved by the FA. Yeah. Never met him. So we were also talking about the kind of how football in Scotland had gone from being Scottish players in the beginning being really very much in demand, which you talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're being in demand and going to to play in English teams, mm-hmm. English, you know, clubs coming to look look for Scottish people to the degree where you, I think you said to me in the 70s and the 80s, Scottish football was kind of able to hold its own Previously, previously, you know, up until then, up until then, I would say 70s, 80s, you know, still, still, the Scottish national team was still reasonable. It could compete, and they did, they did make it to a couple of finals, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately, did nothing in them. You know, absolutely nothing in them. Uh, So it kind of shows how Scottish players were in such demand, and then for some reasons that we don't really know within that space of time, Scottish football and playing just is not the opposite of being in demand. No, it's, it's, it's well. I, I would just say last week. I think, and the Rangers starting team, there wasn't a single Scottish player. And yeah, you know, I was talking about all these academies that, that were put together, the money that was spent Aye. on the Rangers academy, the Celtic academy, mm-hmm. and yet look at the team. I mean, they've been going for years. Those academies, Aye, they've had the more Rangers, than enough time to. I think, time Scottish to, club to do it I think they were. Years ago. I mean, yeah. I think Murray yeah. set that up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I think he did. Well, yeah. That's right. It was, uh, it was originally called Murray Park uh, out yeah, there, yeah, wasn't that's it? Right. Not that's anymore. Right. No, that's yeah. it. Which did Kenny Miller come from that? Why do I think that? No, Kenny Miller. Was a Hibs player? Yeah, it may oh. have been a Stennis Muir player before that. I don't know, but he, he keep, Rangers got for Hibs, didn't they? And then yes. He, aye, aye. So you wonder what was all the what went wrong? All the money that was invested in academies. It's a great idea to have homegrown mm. talent, isn't it? And yet, look at Rangers now. There's there's hardly a Scottish no. name in the team at well, all. There was nobody. Like, a couple of weeks ago, there was a a, 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 a game Saturday, and there was no Scottish players. So, and and I think the the biggest sign of it is even you go back to the seventies before that though. But in the seventies, like Manchester City had a hardcore of Scottish players, as did Manchester United. 
and Arsenal, Leeds United, Liverpool. Forest. That's right, so they did. You know, teams, lots and lots, especially the big teams, were full of Scottish players. What year are you talking about there, Stuart? Up to the 70s. Uh And before that, you know, I've seen stopping about the 70s. Tottenham had had had, some fabulous Scottish Scottish players. players Is that Guy Brown and John White and Mackay? Okay. Alan Gilzean Alan Gilzean Lots of Scottish players And these were winning teams yeah. These were teams that, that won their leagues And they were successful Now I'm only thinking David Robertson We're a top English team Kieran Tierney went down to Arsenal He was going to be the next big thing He's been bumped yeah. You know so Nathan Patterson we thought was going to be great He's struggling to get in a poor team You know so so well, I, I, I don't know. Wrong. I would, no would, who knows uh, the, about the the ability of, of of players? I don't know. I think it, I think it's just down to the fairness about the fact that, that life is comfortable now. You were they struggled. There's few numbers. Yeah. That's for sure. Right. Few numbers playing. Right, but I, I think that that he it was like um it's like boxing. And as much as it was a way out of poverty uh-huh. before football yeah. was, yeah. whereas nowadays, nowadays to get to, to it's a way in. Once you get into, once you get into the foot, the, the the higher echelons of football, now you're set for life. Oh, it's absolutely right, yeah. set for life. Uh, I think it's a such a comfortable life for them now. But the amount of people that get to that level has to be minuscule. Oh, to, and, to and the amount of people that want well, to be at that level. grandson Ryan, he was he he was a, a player. He was almost going to go to the Rangers Academy, uh-huh. and um, his mother Claire, she got really pally with him. A lot of the guys that were out there, and one she about, about a year or so, she met one of the guys who were the, one of the scouts, and he, he just said, "How's your Ryan doing?" And Ryan had a really bad injury. He's got a plate in his foot. Never oh, play really? the same again. Oh. He could still play, but he can't mm-hmm. play to that level. And he, but he says, you know, and, she, and Claire saying, well, if he was that good, why did you not sign him? He said, listen, Claire, only one in 300 make it. God. And that's 289 heartbroken boys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the irony is, me being a Rangers man, I've got two grandsons who play for Celtic Academy at different levels. And I've seen these boys playing and the teams that they play against. And I would say every one of them is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely brilliant players, disciplined, just boys. And I can't, I can't say enough good things about these teams. And you wonder, you've got to hope that that's going to come through. And in maybe 10 years' time, Scotland will have a great international team because these boys look like they've got all the potential in the world. Mm-hmm. But it seems to all go wrong because how many players come through the academy? How many Rangers come through? Can't you think of anybody? Nathan Patterson did, but he's gone. Uh-huh. And I know many at Celtic either. And I don't know, but you want to call the lesser clubs, maybe more come through there. Uh-huh. Because they can't afford to buy like Rangers and Celtic do. So if, if your kid went into an academy, do you have to pay for that, Stuart? No. Are they, and what does it involve? Your whole, all your free time? Or yes, it does. you have to commit Celtic solely? Celtic actually put, the, the boys that live in the Glasgow area all go to a, a school in Kirkintilloch. Right. And they get they get special training, they get special food. Oh. Uh, and they, they get, yeah, it's, it's Is a it really, just really for Celtic players yes. or no, are no, they no. integrated with the rest of the oh, no, school but, I, but they get taken out for certain things right and they get they get they, i think they start a bit earlier and they get special food breakfast and and they get trained early and they get trained later on it's mm. a brilliant idea it's a brilliant brilliant idea and, and i hope it i hope it comes Do they to continue something. their education oh, as well it's just the same right. so, so, it's, yeah. so it's near it's obviously near lennox town 
Oh, it's no, which is where that you know that's well, the well, big training centre. They don't go there. They don't go often. there. Is that no. no? No, I don't know. Maybe just the older boys go to right. go to Lennox Town. You know, uh-huh. but I mean, I mean, like all the big clubs have got umpteen teams. They've got they've got a team maybe right down to eight year olds. Mm-hmm. So and every oh, yeah. year has it got yeah. a team. Yeah. So that's like you know that's like maybe eight teams of kids before you go to professional youth. Professional youth is when they, when they sign them on. You know, at sixteen. I think it's surprising that they've kept these academies on considering they really haven't been successful. Me too, Christine. Because they must cost a lot of money for staffing, lighting. Have they still got the big Murray Stadium out in uh, in Mogai? Yeah. Is it still there? Is it still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now called Howie. Because that's what the name of the place was originally. That's where that's I saw something quite recently that was Manchester United and somebody said the same thing. What's the point of these academies? And the guy, one of, he was one of the senior guys at Manchester United, and he says, if we get one player a year coming through into the, the first team pool, not the first team, but the first team pool, which is maybe about 24 players, I don't know, he says, we, we consider that worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So God knows how many Manchester United go through, many boys they've got in their academy. There could even be a limit, I don't know. Don't know what it is. And can it you go to the yeah. what, what's the age where you would stop going to the academy? You either need to be 16, let, go let go or signed on, right? I would. I think it. I think at sixteen they would be up to fifteen, and then at sixteen you would you would you would if they weren't going to keep you, you would then by the time you were sixteen they would know whether or they reckon they would know whether uh-huh. you were good enough to sign professional mm-hmm. forms, but very very few do. Mm-hmm. And even then, how many fail when they go into the club? Well, it's and I'm saying fail, it sounds a harsh word, but it, it is the, it yeah. is the, the well, proper there's, term. There's the, people, there, there are people who run these um, seminar things for 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 boys who, and they basically make money from it, because uh, the boys that have let, that let go, some of them uh, are let go because they haven't developed physically. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you don't know when they're going to make that sprout, or whether. So when they're sixteen, they think uh, they look at them and they say, "Well, I don't think he's going to de- develop physically." So they let them go, and maybe like the next year, this this boy just suddenly it was his turn to to, to develop and, yeah, physically, yeah, yeah. and he becomes. Uh, uh, so and there he's are these. His chance then, there are, well, no, there are people now who run these courses. Uh, and I'm sure that, that they're money-making exercises for boys who have went past that. As you say, they have to then pay, and and they, then they invite scouts again to to watch them play games. So they maybe get uh, uh, I don't know, say a couple of hundred young boys uh, who pay pay money to play to play a tournament. And, and and hopefully they'll shine, and so uh, and they'll get picked up and get another say. chance. Yeah. And it happens. Yeah. It goes right right through. Um, it happens right through in the world. Um, Nike Nike actually run a worldwide search for players that are a bit older, mm-hmm. oh. uh, and 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 they get them all together. And so it comes through. Um, there was a, a one. There was a Rangers player and a Celtic player who both came through that Nike thing. One was the Australian boy who recently left Celtic. Um, 
Australian boy. Recently he's left Celtic, very good player, midfielder, dark haired. And there was a, 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 a guy from Rangers uh, that, that they, that they, and they, they, they played, the guy from Rangers only played about a season. But they'd actually, they they actually came up through this Nike. Uh, uh, there, there are there are success stories though. I remember years ago that uh, the boy David Platt, that was the England captain, he got released from Manchester United when he was about seventeen or something, and he was devastated because he was obviously a great talent, but he hadn't developed. He still was quite a, a thin, wiry guy, but he he went to Chesterfield and then he went to Arsenal and mm. he became the Arsenal captain. And he captained England. So right. his was unfortunately one of the very few success stories mm -hmm. of somebody who was released. But when released from Manchester United, you mean you'd be ready to top yourself. You know? So there are there are other opportunities, but people are cashing yes, in on so them. But rather than being thrown in the scrap heap if you've got the money, but what if you don't have the money? No. I don't know how much that would cost to attend a seminar or to be think, in a position to be looked at again. I think the lesson though is is for everybody, everybody's parents. Everybody thinks if you sign for you know, like my grandson's a Celtic daft and they, they it's like a dream, it's like a dream for them playing for Celtic. But of course they can't, yeah. you cannot for a second think I'm going to I'm a Celtic make it. You yeah. must have a backup plan. But it's education, you know, whatever it is, you must. You cannot go into it just thinking this is what I'm definitely going to do, and nothing's going to stop me. Well, good on you for being determined. But anything can happen to you. You know, one in three hundred is frightening. Yeah. yeah, but it's true. I think that they do have uh, advisors now. I think by almost I don't know why by law they may even have to have some sort of uh, you know mentor. Oh, for the, for kids like that, yeah. to sort of point them in the direction of saying, look, just don't think that this is a be-all and end-all because things can happen. For example, only takes a, an injury, mm -hmm. as you say. Mm -hmm. uh, there are lots and lots of kids that are injured because mm -hmm. especially their, their bones are not set yet. They're physically haven't developed and yet they're still asked to do the tasks so let's move on to the, the, the terrible situation that happened with Rangers. We were talking about that today and I had uh, completely forgotten. Can about I just it. throw in a bit of humour in this before we go? Please, yes, because that's something funny. Mid-80s, Tommy, remember mid-80s, the AIDS epidemic. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> a godsend to Rangers supporters when it was published in all the, all the, the papers <laughs> that Edinburgh was the gay capital of Europe. Wonderful news to us. It was just <laughs> wonderful. And, of course, it became the AIDS capital of Europe. So there's the two big teams from Edinburgh. There's Hibs and Hearts. And Hearts were always basically cluggers. You know, they were no a good team to watch, but Hibs were always quite stylish. They were a better team to watch. They were a, just basically a better team. So, of course, the first time they caught me Ibrox after all the AIDS things happened, I know that was the AIDS <laughs> capital, the gay capital of Europe. It was just wonderful. They get slated with the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate clever chant of AIDS-carrying bastards. <laughs> you know, AIDS-carrying bastards. And the whole crowd is singing this, you know. You know no mercy, as we said earlier. No, no, there is no, no morality in football. Gone. Nobody cares, you know. If there's a weakness, if there's a chink in your armour, we'll stick for... a sledgehammer right through it. <laughs> so, they deserved it, though. 
So uh, about this carry on with uh, David Murray and everybody thought he was going to be the man that was going to do everything for Rangers and he took it to a depth that I don't know, has that ever been experienced before? What had happened with Rangers? It was such a shock for people that were... Uh, I don't think anybody had such an idea of how bad it really was. Well, and, I, I'll, I'll start off listening. Tommy, please follow in. Tommy and I were... were we, we had uh, we were season ticket holders and we're also shareholders. So we'd go to the shareholders meeting. And I remember maybe maybe about 2005 or something, we're both at the, at the shareholders meeting, the AGM, and, uh, and people ask questions. And of course, everybody gets a sheet with all sorts of information on it. But one is the financial situation. And this guy, he gets to ask a question to David Murray. and goes, Mr. Murray, he says, look, I can see here that we, we are heading towards 27, 28 million pounds of debt. That's a lot of money. How are we going to pay this off? And Murray just smugly says, look, look, look at me. He says, look, I'm a millionaire. Just let me deal with this. Everybody's, oh, what a big side of you. That's right. Obviously, I'm a obviously, very rich man, he said. I'm, I'm, everybody thought, well, he's just going to sign a cheque and that'll be us. We'll be back in the black. Never come back. I don't think, I don't think he ever come back to a shareholders meeting. He certainly never come back for a couple of years. No, that, that's right. Well, then then he put in what you would call a puppet chairman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who said, who, I've got, uh, just jump in right. and say, because it's worth saying, at the next meeting, somebody said, well, where's David Murray? The shit had hit the fan by this time. Right. Or the early shit had hit the early fan. We didn't uh, realise how bad it was going to be. And this guy, I can't even mind his name. McMillan. Was it McMillan? I don't know. He that says, look, David, David, deserves a, David deserves a holiday like everybody else. Uh, He's got a whole fucking year uh, to work out <laughs> when his holidays are going to be. You know, you think being the chairman of the Rangers, the AGM would be a big deal. Is he in fucking, you know, where is he? Is he in, I don't know, is he in Rossi right now? You know? <laughs> well, it, was, Everybody was raging at him, well, but he got away with it. it was a, he just disappeared. Absolute classic. And the press were always away. fighting him as well, Tommy. Yeah. The press were terrified. Some, we had a couple of exceptions. Some people were telling the truth, but the, the, generally the press were terrified of him and would never say a bad word about him. Well, there, there was all, they always said that they, they had this say, that it took them for lamb, was it lamb chops or something like lamb, you know, uh, it was a, this meal we would take them for uh, the press, oh, you know, right. whoever whoever uh, went for an interview would be taken for, for lamb chops. It was, it, was, it was obviously, <laughs> you know, this was just a, it became a joke, right? Have you been set, have you been for the lamb chops? Uh, because uh, the, 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 there was the, a, a real lack of criticism uh, of what was going on. But in saying that, there uh, there there were signs, just like, and and I don't uh, let's put obviously wouldn't put them in the same category, but if you look at it's like Jimmy Savile. You know, there's all these signs Aye. that were, that Murray was not the man yeah. that he was. He that was saying he, he was. was saying that he was, Aye. and 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 the, as you say, the fact that the press never criticised the fact oh. that the money they must have known when after after when there was all the investigations later, all this thing came to light, but it was still there at the time. Aye. So for anybody to see that he wasn't using his money. That he that he obviously he had converted all the various um, money streams that come into Ibrox, like catering, you know, they, they all became 
davon kommt nichts. All these various things. The, there was the the the, the 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 stadium was a different company from the football club, which was a different company from the catering. The social club and as well. So there was so all these different streams that that it never it it, it was it became a, a just a, a web rather than when yeah. it was a you know a, 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 a usual. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Uh, see, that's a, a whole uh, a thing that we that, that that people supported, and they thought it was just a, a one whole whole entity, as you say. Where I was, uh, so therefore, all that was now that all that was going on all the time, and uh, as I say, it till the point where, as you say, that, that it was it was getting exposed. He left then, as you know, between us, and said he'd, he'd gone. Put in this guy, and then suddenly, pure luck was he, he got Alec McLeish in as manager, oh, who Alec won McLeish. the treble. That's mm-hmm. right. Who yeah. won suddenly? They won the treble, yeah. which was totally unexpected. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the next thing, That's he was right. back in the chair again at the at the, the AGM. Right. Right. Suddenly but appeared again. His, his tactic was purely a gamble, though. It was, you know, if if we won the European Cup. We'll make enough money, maybe to pay off our debt. But as we all know, you can get to the point of debt where it can't be paid. There is there are not enough assets at Ibrox to pay whatever it was thirty million, you know, a colossal sum of money. And this was twenty years ago, nearly. If you think about it, you say, how are you going to pay this off? And, and we, we as supporters, but I blame the press in a lot of ways as well, because we're not really aware that if you buy somebody and they don't last long and you give them the heave, you've got to pay them the contract. Uh-huh. That you appointed them, and there must have been I don't know how many players a season came in, Tommy, because this was before the you know the, the, that, that the two periods where you could transfer people. This is not sustainable yeah, unless you win the European Cup. That was my point. And, and win it a fact, couple of years. All these things, all these all these signs, signs. were all there uh-huh. for yeah. people to to point out. This this cannot go on. But do you know another thing, Tommy was was as well was that people people it's like almost like a cult thing. You can be involved in something like with the Rangers, any any team, you can think, you can't criticise our chairman. You know, he's one of us, this is our talk. How dare you criticise him? And you think, well, he's just a guy who's who's in this for the glory. And, and no one for you know, for well, I don't think you make a lot of money. I don't know. But, it, but I think the, the, the reflected glory on him. Who who knew about David Murray before he became chairman of the Rangers? I'd never heard of him. Yeah. Well, he was maybe one of the biggest personalities in Scotland. You know, so but I, I really, the press has got a lot to do with this lasting as long as it did. Uh-huh. They're just not reporting it. And making the rest of us who didn't know these things, you know, saying that, oh, these guys, you can't buy 20 guys in a season and then get ready half of them. Mm-hmm. I'll have a huge pool of players and they don't play. This, this can't go on. How long did it go on for then, Stuart, before it all the shit hit the fan and the bankruptcy maybe 20 became? Years, eh? maybe f- 20 years? I, well, I mean, Murray took over about 19, late 80s. 88, eh? something yeah, like that. And he was there until about, about 2000, and you get rid of the cover about what, 2008, 2010. Yeah, yeah, because well, they went it's down. They went down into the the fourth. Aye, the fourth. That, that was two thousand and twelve. Was it Tommy? Two thousand and twelve. That, that that they went right down. So it was it was there for the best part. And of they gave it away for a for a, a pound. For a pound, and they were there. Shysters. They were there. Yeah, before that, there was oh, white it, and then there was green. You know what? Yeah. What a combination! Yeah, green, 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 green
So how long did it take to, for it all to sort of be well, they got back up in five out. years. Five they got back years. Up in five years, but you know, but they're still suffering now as far as my is concerned. And I'm a wee bit frightened now about the debt they must be in. It frightens me a bit. I think it was a blow that they'll never recover from. Uh-huh. Uh, too uh, much, hasn't it? I think it's just so. Too I much. don't think they'll ever recover for. I don't think they'll ever be European contenders again, no, no. or even it you know what you know contenders now and again, because now we, we get into the Champions League and get humped, and unfortunately. But we know the worst club ever to appear in the Champions League. Scored one goal and never got a single point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something terrible. Yeah. And then Celtic were all, almost as bad. So that shows you where Scottish football is. And all these, the other teams like like Aberdeen and, you know, they've done DNA but the Hearts and Hibs that always get into these tournaments, they're always gubbed in the first round. With the school holidays, yes. <laughs> with the school holidays, they're all out of Europe. Right. Yeah. The end of school holidays. Last, last night, uh, Last night Aberdeen were playing and they were 2 0 up with 17 minutes to go and get beat 3 2. Are they, oh. are they out of the tournament? I think that I think they will be uh, they're in a group stage oh, as they, well. Yeah, yeah. They're not they they got through into their group stage of that yeah, conference. That must be the first time I've but, <laughs> but yeah, that's right, they just managed. Yeah, because it was always to get through. it was teams that you never heard of. <laughs> In countries you couldn't find in a map. Yeah. And all the Scottish teams are out in the first round. Yeah. Like St Johnson. I mean, St Johnson had a great year a couple of years ago. Won two cups. That's gubbed hearts yeah. and hubs. Gubbed early. Mm-hmm. Against nobodies. And I, I think that's the really sad reflection. I think the one thing that I remember not being a supporter was how loyal the Rangers fans were, though. And stayed, you know, with Rangers and never Aye. gave up that we would... Full house uh, you in know, the fourth division. Yeah. You know, yeah. full house and... Unfortunately, never did anything in any of the cups. I always thought we'd maybe get a wee chance in the Scottish Cup or the League Cup, but didn't he do anything? I, I remember the Alex McLeish period. When was that? 2010. Yeah, because I was working yeah. in a hotel in, uh, down in Loch Lomond, and Alex because we, we were never told who it was, but Alex McLeish and the, the Rangers team were coming to uh, stay overnight and had their sort of mid-morning match uh, sort of chat, and there was all these... Sp- special rooms set up for massage and stuff like that. And off they went and won. So apparently when that happens with a team, they think that the hotel we're in had something to do with it. So they continued to book. Uh, so we saw quite a lot of them. And uh, what's the, Barry Ferguson, he was in it. Because I remember seeing him and uh, and all those kind of uh, faces. Well, he was um, one of the few that came through the ranks. Barry uh, Ferguson. Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Came through the ranks, eh? Yeah. But, Unfortunately, very few. Of but that was a real high time, though, was it oh, not, was for Ranger supporters? Because it was, it was probably kind of not expected, as you said, Tommy, that was, that, that, was, that, that would was happen. That was unexpected. The fact that we we'd come back into it again and and win and actually um, that was before that was before before, the before we before we collapsed. Before collapsed that's right. That. But the fact that he, the fact that we, we were. Um, Contenders again. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I've got something positive about that. It's just you know how we we've got friends in Germany, and uh, one of the, the young guys who was he was a teenager at the time. I can't remember what one it was. The two brothers, but his, his next door neighbour was something to do in Germany, and he he was something to do with, with UEFA or something. And he used to get this magazine off him the, the monthly, and they were praising Rangers. For having you know the crowds a full capacity crowds when they called in the fourth well it was it was the fourth league you know? yeah uh-huh. and and they couldn't believe it and he was saying to me I says that right I says ah it's true yeah uh-huh. fans are still going they're still buying the season tickets they're still buying the merchandise but only then had we realised 
that the shysters who bought the club had sold off the merchandise companies, hadn't they? Or, you know, they'd done some, so the club wasn't benefiting no, from people buying scarves and strips and things like that. You know? it, they'd sold off that, and also they had also sold off well they might have uh, done that as well but they also sold off the season ticket sales for three seasons ahead so right so they'd actually got they'd borrowed they'd borrowed money on on what the, 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 what well, that would bring the in advanced the sales yeah. the future. for future sales and because it's like the season that. ticket money that set a club up for the beginning yeah. of the season you know whatever millions you got for the season tickets and that wasn't going to happen for it was two years that should be you should get the jail for that should get the jail for that so this did anybody get the jail for it Stuart no, no. not even money the boy White was he was did he not disappear to well they, to they actually did uh, I, 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 Probably never. I'm not following it exactly, but the it got to the point where do you remember there was people charged. There was people charged with misappropriating. I don't know exactly what the what the charges were. Cl- you mean the Rangers staff? Uh, Rangers. The Klaus, the German goalkeeper. No, no. I'm Klaus talking about. Staff. I'm talking about a management. All right. Yeah. You know that management, whatever it was. You know the buying the you no know, gr- green and. And oh, that obviously they they get white went it went went to court. Yeah, he I was charged, remember, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And got the, and and Manch was was not was a not guilty plea, uh-huh. and uh, eventually got to the point there was people charged who then were given millions of pounds when they they sued. Uh, this, I don't know, was it, was it the Scottish government or the police or something like that? Because the fact that they they had they said they had been uh, unlawfully charged with the, with the, well, right. and they got away with that. Got away with it. And I'm sure I'm, I think Strathclyde police paid paid out millions of pounds because uh, uh, to to oh, people God. that that uh, that were charged with the. Uh, Basically, kind of misappropriating whatever the whatever the corporate management laws are. Yeah. I, I don't know the first thing about. Right. Let's move on to something that I think is really interesting and a kind of happy stuff is about the black guys. Stuart, you were telling me about Aye. who uh, became successful in Scottish football. Right. I, I remember reading about this years and years ago, and then I saw a documentary about him. It was the first black person ever to play international football in Europe, you know, out with Africa or any place where it's indigenous black people, you know, that are there. And he, he, he was a captain of Scotland as well in some of the 1880s or the 1890s. And, uh, and he was, you know, I just think it was just amazing. <laughs> way, way, way back way, then. Way before. Oh, and and that guy, Wallace, that does the chase, you know, that him, it's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He's, a, yeah. he, he's a, a total fanatic. And he brought it up once. About him, and he's the first ever person, you know. It's just, it's just a huge uh, tick in the box for Scottish football for doing that because, you know, it, it, it says a lot for them to do it. I mean, we've always kind of looked down on the SFA as an organisation, but they did a good thing there. And there was another one that, that ended up very sad. It was a guy, uh, he was, he, he's, he came from, I think, Brighton and, you know, in, in England. His, his father was African. And his mother was a local girl. And anyway, he, he they had two boys, two brothers, and the, both of the parents died when they were both quite young. 
and they both went into a, an orphanage. They were treated okay. It was an orphanage run by a church, one of the kind of mainstream churches. And they, they were they lived there and they were educated there. And they were both really good singers. And they were in the choir. And they used to travel around the whole of the UK to entertain people in the other churches. Uh, and, and here, they went to one in the north of Scotland. It's a wee town. I don't know if you can remember it, Tommy. The wee town has got all the. There's very few spa towns in Scotland, and there's, it's got lots and lots of huge hotels built in the Victorian times. Is that Strathpeffer? Strathpeffer. Right. I'm sure that's it. They never mention it, but I've been there, and I, I said, I think this is Strathpeffer. Doesn't matter, but it's a north, right in the north of Scotland. Anyway, a couple through their church, local people in, in Scotland, they, they they adopted the boy, and and he, and he stayed there for the rest of his life. Anyway, so he he stays there, and the other one gets sent back. But he's had an exceptionally good footballer, and he signs for Spurs, and this is about about maybe nineteen oh eight or something, and he does really really well with him. But the opposition supporters gave him such a hard time that the the English FA were concerned that it was going to cause a riot. Him even playing for them because of the you know this racist river that was going yeah, on. Yeah. Wow. So Spurs folded. And they, they put them onto a, a kind of lesser team. I can't even, I think a team in North England. But they showed you all the cuttings of them with Spurs. And, you know, it was simply about the star player. And they were saying that up front with the guy. He was brilliant. I think he was a left winger, scored a lot of goals. And he went to, I don't know, say Scunthorpe or something like that. And he went with them. And he was a star player for a couple of years. The Great War breaks out and he volunteers. Right? Now, he's a member, he's a working class black guy, joins the British Army, becomes an officer. Which is incredible, you know. Yeah. I mean, hardly any working class <laughs> boys even became officers. Far less a black guy. And you think the prevailing attitude was that people for the colonies, black people, were lesser people. So for days, him to definitely. become a leader yeah. of men, he must have been pretty good. Yeah. So he's fighting in a war. He gets to nineteen eighteen and he gets a home leave. He goes home. I get quite a, I get quite sad about this, but he goes back to Scotland. Well, it's not his home, but he goes to visit his brother. And his brother by this time is married. Right? Now, on the documentary, he's got grandkids who oh, are older than us, who are really? still alive. Right? Yeah. Oh. In, we'll call it Strathpaper, because I think that's where it is. And he meets up with his brother. And his brother says, I'm having a I like it here. It's good. So, right? And so here he gets he gets a trial with Rangers and he gets signed. And he gets a promise. He's in the army, so he can't literally sign, but he gets a verbal offer. And he makes, and he has a verbal contact with him. He's going to play for the Rangers. He goes back to the war, and he gets killed in the spring how, offensive of how 19, sad of, is that? in nineteen eighteen. Right? Wow. How sad! Wow. First time in your you life know. you've got any real promise and real, you know, yeah. uh, aspirations could maybe be answered. Uh, that's really sad one, but it's a fantastic story about mm. how in those days the attitude towards. Uh, black people then was so different. It was very Commonwealth kind of country and, you know, very different culture okay, then. So these yeah. guys were must have been above and beyond as, well, as to, men. To take the hassle they must have had to do. To yeah. walk out in front of a crowd and half yeah. of them hating you. Absolutely. And the other half yeah. turning on you if you're a bad game, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's no Absolutely. easy. I think that both of them deserve huge credit. That guy must have, that, that, that guy's commitment to everything he did was... And, you know, his name is Walter something I can't remember his second name but anyway you know what am I yeah. mentally it must have been so strong yeah. Yeah. so on that note 
we are going to finish uh, this episode. Please join us again for, for the next episode. Um, and remember that you can find us on Facebook uh, and we're also on Instagram and on YouTube. So see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.